everybody, and welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls. Uh, Sports Eat the Chicago Bulls coverage show. I'm your host, Keith Gork, and I'm joined, as always, by my good buddy and co-host here, Mr. Trey Hill. I apologize if I sound distracted. I'm biting mosquitoes as we speak. They are, like, all over me. Uh, my brother lives in a place that has a lake nearby, uh, like a man-made little lake. And, uh, and yeah, they're, they're really crazy right now. So if you hear a, little, a few little slaps or something, uh, it's not me clapping at you, Trey. It's, it's me trying if to... If only we released video for, for everyone <laughs> to watch and enjoy you just random swatting yeah. and flailing. Um, so we'll make this quick. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get you in and out of the, the swamp land you're in. Yeah, it'll be a quick one, so hopefully I don't end up with a bunch of mosquitoes everywhere. But, uh, yeah, welcome, guys. It's the Sports Ethos Chicago Bulls coverage show. And uh, let's just get jump right into it. So uh, just a few little you know, notes here. It's a little bit of a dead season trade, not much to really talk about. There are a few you know, things that dropped uh, over the past couple of weeks, primarily being the one thing that really matters the most for your life basketball is uh, the Bulls signing another player, a big name here, uh, Malcolm Hill, uh, who played obviously for the Bulls last season. They signed him to a two-way contract. Um I guess just, you know, give me your thoughts on that. I mean, you know, he played pretty well for us in, in uh, you know, in his time with us. And it wasn't, you know, obviously he's not a high usage player or anything like that. But uh, good signing, bad signing, what, you know, where do you, where do you land on that? I think with Lonzo being out, that he kind of is a, sim- a similar size. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's just kind of more insurance and in that, just that kind of uh, player archetype. So, I like having, uh, again, the team has been preaching the continuity thing for the last few months, and a way to continue that is to bring Hill back. So, you know, he's got a great last name. Got to love him <laughs> for that. So I'm I'm happy to have him back. For But for me, if we're seeing him get consistent minutes, then yeah. much like last year, it's a, well, this is unfortunate. <laughs> Something's gone drastically wrong. Yeah, he's a, definitely an emergency guy. Obviously a two-way contract. Um, each NBA team gets two of those, so he fills the second one. Justin Lewis is actually our, our other two-way guy, but he did uh, tear his ACL, I believe it was. Um, he he, def- he suffered an injury that he's going to be out all season, so we won't see him on the court, unfortunately. But he is a promising young guy also. Um, I was looking forward to seeing him you know, here and there, just kind of get some some opportunities, uh, perhaps on the G League team. I am close enough now that I can go to those G League games, Trey, and uh, and try to check out these guys. I want to see Marco Simonovic. In person, that'd be awesome. But uh, we'll we, see. We got to try and get you some credentials, man. Get I know. some G League credentials. At least I can get in there in the G League. Yeah, if I can't get credentials for this Bulls, uh, for the Bulls, I can get the for the Windy City Bulls. I can get some of the credentials. That'd be pretty awesome. But yeah, Malcolm Hill, I, I'm pretty happy to have him back. Like you said, continuity. The guy played well for us in limited minutes uh, last season. He just you know brought the effort. Uh, tried his best. Uh, again, two-way player, and like you said, if we see him on the court any more than just a handful of minutes, it's just like, oops, something terrible has happened, and and uh, you know we can kind of move on. But uh, but yeah, not a bad signing. I like it. Uh, I enjoy it. You know, you reward the guys that uh, play for you, uh, play well for you, and, and I think I feel like he did. So, um, but we are going to do something interesting here, Trey, since you know we don't have a whole lot of news. And uh, I kind of approached you this <laughs> about this uh, maybe about an hour ago, so obviously it's pretty. Uh, pretty new. We, we didn't have a whole lot of time to dig into this and get a lot done, but just team awards for last season. I don't believe we uh, had a chance to do that. Maybe we did uh, at the end of last season, but even if we did, now we've had a little bit of space from it. It's been you know a few months since, since the season's happened. We're looking back at it now. Maybe we have different answers. So uh, we're going to run through these team awards for the 2021-22 Chicago Bulls, so last season. And we got to start with MVP, right? And I have to imagine that you – 
have the same MVP I do, but uh, go ahead. Give me your MVP, Trey. I mean, it's DeMar DeRozan. Like, right. it's, it's very clear. It's it's obvious. It's the easiest one of them all. Um, yeah. You can't say you can't say enough about how he carried the team. There there are numerous stats out there. Even the advanced st- statistics loved DeMar DeRozan and what he was able to do for the Chicago Bulls. He the shot making was just incredible, and not only the analytics, but just the way he carried the team for all of us, like the the back-to-back game winners as just everyone around him is going down to injury or COVID. He's just that he's just there. And it was, he was, he was everything you could ask for in a leader and more. And just the absolute perfect example for Zach to learn from. Yeah. And can I say, I mean, that's just, you know, Obviously, the only other uh, player in NBA history to hit back-to-back game uh, game winners in games is Larry Bird. Uh, DeMar DeRozan was the first one to do it in back-to-back days. Not only back-to-back days, but it happened to be different years because it was the 31st, December 31st and January 1st. Um, so just incredible. Just obviously uh, just adds the narrative. Incredible story. Um, that's what you want in an MVP candidate, obviously. And, yeah, I mean – Absolutely the most important player on this on this Bulls team, uh, the most durable, uh, you know, breaking Wilt Chamberlain's records, just playing just out of his mind. Let me ask you this, Trey, since, you know, maybe we did these awards before, but, you know, let me ask you coming into this next season, do you expect the same level of performance for DeMar DeRozan or do you expect a little bit of a drop off? Because, you know, you've got Zach Levine coming back healthy now and you've got perhaps Alonzo Ball coming back healthy uh, later in the season. He might not be there for the start of the season, but we assume he's going to play a little bit later on. So is this something where you're going to see, I mean, DeMar DeRozan kind of carried us while everyone was out, like you said. Do you see DeMar DeRozan taking a little bit of a backslide? Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I think his usage will go down, but I don't think his efficiency will go down. I think he's going to be shooting the same kind of percentages, but I I do think he will be taking a few less shots, hopefully. And, I mean, for me, I want him to take a few less shots, to have a little bit less responsibility during the regular season so those other guys, the younger guys, can develop and can be in those live game situations and have to knock down those shots, have to make the right passes. So... To me, I, I hope he does take a little bit of a step back. I'd really like to see Zach be the clear MVP of the team next year. But for me, DeMar taking a step back isn't a negative thing. It's a, I want to see the team grow to where that's DeMar's role. And I, I think that's the role they brought him in for in the beginning. And he just outgrew it just exponentially. So yeah. I would love for that to happen again, but I'm not expecting it. 
And DeMar DeRozan is my MVP. I don't know if I explicitly stated that, but of course it's it's got to be. So um, 36.1 minutes per game last season, Trey, and that's actually the most in uh, per game in a season since his 2013-2014 campaign when he was 24 years old. And now he's 32, going to be turning 33 this season. Um, I'm hoping personally that, you know, he plays a few less minutes, uh, and, you know, maybe not, not drastically less, maybe he's in the 32 to 33 minute range or something like that. Um, but you know, you got to save this guy for the playoffs. Cause we saw when the playoffs came around, he just looked dog tired. He'd been carrying the team for so long and, you know, and the bucks just absolutely knew how to shut him down. So it just wasn't a good series for him, but also, um, you know, he, he was just, he just had to be absolutely wore down from putting so many minutes in and carrying this team so much. So I'd like to see him, uh, you know, like you said, I think I'd like to see Zach Levine take a little bit more of an alpha role here and let DeMar DeRozan at least take a few games off here and there. Uh, okay. Most improved player. Uh, I'll give you mine first since I let you start, start last time. And uh, you actually made me delete all my stuff because you said, let's not do that. So now I have, I have it in front of me. But I remember I had Lonzo Ball for this one. Uh, even though he didn't necessarily play a whole ton of games last season, uh, the games that he did play in, Trey, I felt like he played uh, really, really well. And, you know, he shot really well from the three, brought a whole new dimension to the Bulls squad, um, just seemed like a very poised player uh, at all times on the court. And obviously his defense, you know, his defense is something he's always had. And, you know, we didn't really get a chance to see it. Uh, in person, I guess, until last season when he was with the Bulls. You know, we heard Lakers fans talking about it, but Lakers fans always talk. But seeing this guy actually play that perimeter defense in person, it was just another level. He um, averaged 42.3% from three last season, which was by far and away his best um, season from three. His second best is 37.8. So, you know, improving by a whole four percentage points there uh, on his average from last season. And, uh, yeah, 35 games, um, you know, not a huge, huge sample size. So obviously that number could come down. Uh, and I think he probably does shoot a little worse. But if he can shoot 40% from threes, that's exactly what you want from Lonzo Ball, right? It is, but he's not my most improved. I I didn't expect him to be quite that good, but I, I did have very high expectations for him. And I, I he, he filled exactly the role I thought he would. So for me, it was really watching Io growth and development from being a rookie earning his minutes on the defensive end to the point that we were you and I were comparing his playmaking chops with Lonzo's so I think watching Io's growth over the course of the year he's the he's the guy who comes to mind for me whenever I'm thinking of most improved because he's the guy from the start of the season to the end of the season if I if I was doing his 2k rating so to speak mm-hmm. I think it makes the highest jump yeah, yeah, uh, and Iowa is definitely up there for me. I agree. Um, I guess for me, the only reason I didn't give him the MIP was because uh, he's a rookie, so I had nothing to compare it to. Obviously, he improved from college, and he was better than people believed he would be coming out of college. Um, but that's the only reason I didn't give it to him. But yeah, that's a great choice. Uh, I thought he really improved, even as the season went on. If you want to give him to him, give it to him for that. Um, that's definitely a good choice. So I, I have no qualms there. Uh, okay, defensive play of the year. Uh, give me yours because I, I think mine's going to be uh, pretty controversial, but go ahead and give me uh, your defensive player of the year for last season for the Chicago Bulls. Well, mine only played half the season, but I've got Alex Caruso. Mm-hmm. I think I think Lonzo was the better defensive player, but I think when Caruso was in with him, it was clear the intensity level stepped up. And much like I, I don't think Marcus Smart is the best defender on the Celtics, I think it's Robert Williams, I think Marcus Smart 
deserved the defensive player of the year because of the tone he sets on the defensive end. It raises the level. And I think Caruso brings that same energy to the Bulls, whether it was Lonzo Ball ramping it up, uh, Javante Green, really. He's always ramped up, but when Caruso was out there, they were just, it seemed like two maniacs going at it. Uh, the, the development he had with Io, I think Io really helped learn how he could how he could attack on the defensive end and not necessarily react to what the offensive player was doing. Caruso is such a great attacker on the defensive end. And I, I, I think he really set the tone, even if he wasn't out there from the bench, we always saw him rooting and coaching guys up. I, so he's who I have for my defensive player of the year. So I thought mine was going to be controversial when I'm like, when he only played 41 games, yeah, yeah. know about this. And, but, and, and let me tell you, that's the reason that I went a different direction with it is because Crusoe played 41. You said uh, Lonzo Ball, I think, could be in that conversation for, you know, best defensive player on this Bulls squad. But he only played 35. Um, you could put Patrick Williams up there, obviously. Uh, he only played, I believe, 15 games or, or 10 to 15 games, something like that during the regular season. So a lot of missing bodies last season, obviously. A lot of just unfortunate uh, injuries and, and COVID and all that. Um so one guy that I had for my defensive player of the year, I'm, I'm giving it to, to my my boy Vucevic. I am giving it to Nikola Vucevic because he was there. He played for 73 games uh, last season. He was in absolutely, you know, pretty much every game there. Uh, just missed nine of them. Um, and I'm actually looking at his defensive win shares as you were talking there, Trey. And his defensive win shares actually from last season are actually 3.2, which is the highest he's had in the last three seasons. So I felt like he played a really good season on the defensive end. I know if you go back and listen to some of our shows, you will hear me complain uh, about the drop coverage, specifically that. That's the only thing I really complained about. I felt like the effort on the defensive end was generally there. Do you have something to input here? I see you raising a hand. <laughs> no, 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 I don't have anything. But I, okay. I, I don't hate the argument. I, I thought he was very, very solid in what we asked him to do. Yeah. Uh, we mentioned, we talked a little bit beforehand. I loved the fact that he, he didn't commit a lot of fouls. He was a force on the defensive rebounding. So he, he got the ball and started the offense because defense doesn't end until you get the, until you get possession of the ball. Yeah, I mean, speaking of, you know, the other stats here, I mean, his, his steal rate was high, so it's been in three years also. Uh, it was, you know, slightly above uh, average there. Uh, block rate, a little bit below average, but for him, and you know, compared to himself the last four seasons, it was actually the highest it's been in the last four seasons. Uh, foul rate, like you mentioned, he just doesn't foul a whole lot, and when he does, they're generally pretty good fouls. Uh, and then the biggest thing for, for defense that people overlook, I think, and one of the things that I think Andre Drummond, who we'll talk about a little bit later, uh, brings to the table here, is that his defensive rebound rate, uh, you know, against uh, opponents when, when we're on defense is just it's it's out of this world. It's really, really good. Um, so the guy grabs boards and secures the rebound, which is, as always, if you're a good coach in basketball, you know, the defensive possession doesn't end until we secure the rebound because you have to have a change of possession or we get a steal. Uh, or a block or whatever. You have to change the possession and gain possession in order for it to be a, a complete defensive possession. If you play great defense, uh, you give up a you know uh, you give up a well defended shot and they get a rebound, then you have to play defense some more. It's it's just not over. The, the possession is not over until there's a change of possession. Obviously, and you guys get it. So um, Vooch is particularly good at that. So that's another reason I think Can, he deserves uh, it. You 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 mentioned it, but I I want to just really point out the. 
He's in the 45th percentile in block percentage. So just he's right there about average. He's right. in the 69th percentile in steal percentage. So he's above average in getting steals. He's in the 84th percentile in foul percentage. So like like I said, he's not fouling and he's creating turnovers with blocks and steals. You know, at least average, if not better. He's getting the rebounds. So while the defense does look ugly and everything the Bulls want him to do, he has been he was successful in. If the Bulls were able to have Caruso and Lonzo to go with Io and Javante Green yeah. to be able to to get over those pick and rolls, then Vooch would have been the perfect def- complement defender for that for those guys. We just didn't have the Bulls just didn't have you know everyone around him, so he looked worse than he was. And when you pointed out all these numbers to me beforehand, it was just like, I mean, you're really you're right. He he does look a lot better when you look at it from that kind of point of view. Well, when we talked about this guy when he came over, Trey, um, you know, I believe we had Stephen Bagel on, actually. And we were talking about how he – I think Stephen actually brought this up. He had actually anchored a top-five defense in Orlando for years. Um, so, you know, I think he's he's perpetually an underrated defender. I don't think he's like a standout defender. He's not Robert Williams. He's not going to be uh, a Miles Turner. It's just not going to be, you know, he's not a Rudy Gobert. He's not going to be that kind of defender, but he is absolutely um, serviceable. He can definitely anchor a very good defense. The Bulls, when they had Lonzo Ball, when they had Caruso, they were a top five defensive rating team. Uh, and I believe they can get back there again as long as everybody stays healthy. So, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to give it to him just because of his availability. One of your best abilities is availability. So uh, I'm going to give that to him. Uh, okay. Quickly, let's touch on offensive player of the year. It's got to be DeMar Rosen. Do you have any qualms about that? Can we move on? <laughs> no, I was I was trying to find a different someone else to make the argument for, and I, I just can't do it. So no, it, it's him. Mo- yep. Keep, we, keep we it going. Move, keep it going. Yeah. Okay. Let's just go with our most interesting award here, which uh, we probably we might have different answers. Huh? We might have, might have the same answer. That might be more interesting. Uh, okay. Unsung Hero Award for the Chicago Bulls for the 2021-22 season. Someone that maybe didn't necessarily score the most, maybe doesn't necessarily have the most usage on the team, just does all the little things that, you know, help the Bulls to win games. Uh, who do you got, Trey? Who's who's that for you? I mean, mine was Javante Green. Okay. <laughs> uh, was it yours? Yes, that was mine, too. Let's just have uh, our Javante Green love session. Go ahead. Get it out of your system. Go ahead. <laughs> I mean... What's not to love is the thing, and we we talk about everything we love from Lonzo, Caruso, and everyone else. Javante exemplifies all of those things. He was out there for 65 games. He was the heart and soul of this defense. He was six foot four, playing power forward, and just all of the energy plays, all of the big time dunks. Just when you needed a big play, somehow he was there, and I. Before the pod, when you said let's do awards, I didn't thought I didn't think you meant <laughs> last year. So I was thinking players next for this upcoming season. So when I told you I had Patrick Williams as my defensive player of the year, uh, that's because I thought he was going to be this year. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I didn't get to well prep be. for my Javante well Green love, so I can't that's express okay. it properly. That's okay. But he was just everything you want out of a bench guy that gets thrust into a role. That is way over his head, but he finds a way to not drown. Like I said, I, I thrust this on, uh, on Trey pretty uh, pretty quickly here, so that's that's all on me. I promise we'll be more organized as the season gets closer, guys. I'm 
Uh, I moved through the inspection for the house, so uh, we're getting there. Step I mean, I nailed my picks. Off, so. I think. I, yeah. I think the picks. No, they're were good. Fine. I just, good. I didn't, I didn't get a chance to back it up like I, I would like. But I just, he's so, he was so good, just so. Yeah, yeah. He was, and he was, he was my unsung hero too. Sixty-five games played, twenty-three point four minutes per game. Uh, you know, the, the numbers aren't going to jump out to you, but in those twenty-three point four minutes, like you said, Trey, it was always every time he stepped on the floor. Felt like he was always making a positive impact. And uh, one of the things that I will always remember from that season is just his complete lack of just reckless, just his reckless abandon as he, you know, attacks the rim every single offensive possession. Because, you know, he's not going to take that mid-range jumper. It's just not going to happen. He'll take a three here and there to keep the defense honest. But his main thing uh, on the offensive end is, you know, working that glass, getting the Bulls extra possessions, and just attacking it, just attacking defenders, trying to draw fouls, and if not drawing fouls, and dunking on someone's face, which I absolutely love. I'll always, I'll always cheer for a guy like that. Uh, and that's such a bad thing. You mentioned, you mentioned he loves to crash the boards. Yeah. Last year for Chicago, 91st percentile yeah. in uh, offensive rebound percentage. He he got more offensive there. rebounds than any almost anyone else compared to his position. Uh, it just he was always, always in the right position. So I, I absolutely love the guy. I hope he still gets. I, I think he will be in the in the rotation here and there. Um, you know, I hope he still gets close to 15 minutes a game just because of that. I think he can bring that energy for that that time period. But even if he doesn't on a nightly basis, um, when people go out, he is going to be that replacement guy. He's kind of a uh, you know, Swiss Army knife utility guy, like you said, Trey. He can play anywhere from pretty much a shooting guard to the power forward position. And uh, I'm here for it, man. I'm here for, for having this guy on our team. So uh, happy to have him. Uh, I think he's the unsung hero of last season. But, guys, uh, speaking of unsung heroes, you should go go follow at EthosFantasyBK on Twitter. Uh, go do it now. It's one of the best fantasy news feeds out there on Earth. And it's uh, you know going to help you dominate all your leagues. So go follow at EthosFantasyBK. And, uh, hey, while we're talking about fantasy, why don't we just go ahead and rattle this guy off? Uh, you know, it's uh, September, and that means only one thing. It's fantasy draft season at Sports Ethos. This is also really the only time all year that we sell anything at our host site. And not only will it win your fantasy league, but it's also critical for our continued growth. Head to sportsethos.com and click on the premium tab to grab a premium subscription or draft guide today. And yes, to answer most of your, import- your most important question, the Brewski 150 is included in both options. So check back daily for more new features and go down your leagues again with sports ethos. I do love that Brewski 150. I use it every single season. It comes out a little late, later than some of the other draft guides. But I'm telling you, if you ju- take those draft guides and adjust it based on those Brewski 150s to see where guys might be slipping that you might be able to grab, uh, it will help you win those fantasy leagues. So, yeah, go, go grab that. It's really, really important. Uh, but, yeah, that's our, our season awards for last season for the Chicago Bulls. I'm excited about this season, man, getting ramped up. Hopefully we see those guys doing well again. Uh, big news, I guess, not really big news in the real-life NBA world, but, it, you know, people that are into the NBA like to play 2K, so uh, kind of big news, I guess. But, yeah. They I mean, just it's got, a fun thing to wrap the show on. Is the it's, a fun ratings. Thing. it's a fun thing to do. So 2K just released their, their ratings, uh, and the Chicago Bulls, you know, we have all of their ratings here. And I'm looking at it here, Trey. First of all, let me tell you this right now. This is GameSpot. I'm going to call it GameSpot here. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you right here. GameSpot has the top three best – it has, like, Chicago Bulls' best players, and it's got the top three here. And uh, they just totally neglected Nuvucevic. <laughs> Nikola Vucevic just isn't there. They have DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, and Lonzo Ball listed there. But the actual top three are DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, and Nikola Vucevic. And they just, you know, said screw Nikola Vucevic because we're not just going to – we're just not going to put him there. 
So uh, I thought that was pretty funny. But DeMar DeRozan gets an 89. And let me let me tell you something I saw earlier on Twitter, Trey, to kind of give you a reference, because I think they're pretty comparable players. I mean, they're different players, but I think, you know, in terms of age and their impact in the game, Jimmy Butler got a 93. So, I mean, I think Jimmy Butler, man, I mean, I think I would rather have Jimmy Butler on my team. So I, I don't disagree with them being higher, but a whole four points higher. Do you feel like that's fair for DeMar DeRozan? Yeah, I do. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. He Jimmy Butler's an A plus perimeter defender on 2K. Um, I gotta go. Let me look real quick and see where. Like Demar's a B. I, and defense is really important. I, that's enough to to be a a fight. Like I think Jimmy Butler's probably six points better on defense and two points worse on offense, if not a little more. But it, to me, it, it's not a huge it's not a huge thing. I'm more surprised with DeMar that he's an A-plus inside, and I'm looking at it right now. He's an A-plus inside, but only an A on the mid-range. Hmm. No, that's got to be wrong. <laughs> Which he's a, he's a 90 overall on the mid-range, but to he's me that was, that was the surprising thing for me. So if anything, maybe, maybe bump him up to a 90 and bump yeah. that midi up to a, an A-plus for me. Yeah, and I'm glad you're looking at the specifics here because I don't have those pulled up. I don't know if you're at the actual gamer or whatever, but – uh, but yeah, I, uh, I I think he should be probably like a like a 90, like just a little bit higher. I haven't played 2K though, to tell you guys the truth, since like 2K17 or something. So uh, it's been a while, but uh, but I do feel like Demar's getting a little bit disrespect based on what I've seen from other people out there. And I know I know 2K has some pretty funky rating stuff. Like I saw Donovan Mitchell had the same perimeter defensive rating as like Gary Payton or something like that. I'm like, what what? That makes no sense at all because uh, Donovan Mitchell's an absolute traffic cone out there. Uh, but anyways, uh, so how about this, Trey? We got DeMar DeRozan at 89, like I said. Zach Levine's in 88. So there's a one-point difference between the two. I mean, Zach had a pretty down year last year, and he's got those knee concerns. Um, I mean, I feel like that's probably more disrespectful for Zach Levine, in my viewpoint, than it is for DeMar DeRozan. Because Zach Levine, I feel like, you know, his impact on the offensive end, I feel like he should be in the 90s. Uh, he's an A again. I'm looking at it. He's an A plus inside, A minus mid, and an A three point shooter. Fair I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure how. I, I I think he is a 90 on offense, and he's like an 85 on defense probably because he's a B perimeter defender. He's a B minus inside defender. So and th- those do are they have, do they have off ball defender on there? What do they have for that? Is that that's the thing? I think if I remember correctly. I'm curious because, in my opinion, he is absolute trash at off-ball defense. His on-ball defense. Well, his defensive consistency is only a 65. I was trying to look for like a defensive aware awareness. Oh, yes, yeah. his help defense IQ is 68. Okay, I think that's pretty fair, honestly. Which is I slightly think. below average. The I average think, is 70. I think that's pretty fair. He has some very questionable uh, decision making on the help defense side. I think, but uh, okay. And, and for reference, Giannis is a 97, Embiid's a 96. So it's, there's not even like 99s being thrown around. They are a little bit harsher of critics because they and they do raise the the numbers as the game as the year goes on. So yeah, the I I expect a lot of these to go up. Um, the other one I saw a lot of outrage about was the um, Patrick Williams being I think 75. he's a 70. 
Yeah, a 75. But, and and I I agreed. I was like, man, that's a little trash. And the one thing I think, he's got a C- inside scoring. And I think you saw those dunk attempts that he's had, even those successful ones he's attempted. So I don't, I think that might be a little low, but he's an A- mid-range shooter, a B-plus three-point shooter, B- inside defender, B-plus perimeter defender. Like, what more are we asking for from Patrick Williams That's at so, that one years fair. old? I really don't think I really don't think the seventy five is like egregious, honestly. Like, I think just based on what he's like done in the league, you know, it's that, not egregious. That sixty five rating for driving dunk, that is, that's egregious. That's, that's pretty bad. Yeah, that's pretty. And bad. and that would be enough to bump him up to probably like a seventy six, seventy seven. Then say. we wouldn't even be talking about it. That's what I was gonna say. If he was like a seventy seven, maybe seventy eight. I think seventy eight might be a little high. So like seventy seven. Like, that would probably be okay with me. 75 is just kind of a little disrespectful, I think. But that's okay. I mean, you know what? He's got a lot to prove. He's actually, again, my pick for most improved player in the NBA this season. So, uh, see how that pans out. I think I know the Bulls are expecting a lot out of him. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Before so, you wrap, I want to try and sell you on 2K. Um, it's got to be the, the, the next I gen, think, like the PS5 yeah. or the Xbox One. I do so, have a PS5. Just got one. I, I heard that the new game has some interesting stuff going on. Is that is that correct? I don't really know. The so you you stuff. love the you love the olden days, right? You're all about. I do. I do. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The nineties, yeah. So you're telling there me there there are four options four options to start a franchise in. Yeah. You can start it in 1983. Yeah. Which is the, then you can draft like for me, I started my first franchise as the Bulls, and I just drafted Jordan and Hakeem Olajuwon. And I'm going to build my team around those two. But so you can start How did there. How you get both of those guys? That's my I guess. traded for the second pick, and I had the first pick. O-T-K. I made sure I was the, I was the first team. <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I traded, I think, three unprotected picks, uh, an 81 overall. Go- like, I, I threw everything I had, and they still it was rough. But you can start in, in 83. You can start in 1991, just as Jordan is entering his prime. You can start in 2002, or you can start in the modern era. But they have the draft classes for everything, so you mm-hmm. can just play all. You can just rewrite history over and over as many times as you want. You can go play as Derrick Rose. Well, now that I know you're on 2K Trey, I might just have to get it so I can go beat that. You know what? Uh, you know, with whatever team I end up getting, because uh, well, you know, I, I will. <laughs> I will. I have a rule that I will break. I don't play online. But uh, I will play online against you just so <laughs> that way you can beat me and brag about it because every, that's, yeah, that's, I'm not you're, a sore loser. You're probably the only person I can beat in 2K these days because I've played my brother. Actually, you know what? I'm 2-2 two and two against my brother, so I'm not, I'm not that bad. I used to play that game endlessly. So I used to live in a house with three other guys, and uh, we would start, like, dynasties or associations, I guess you call them. And, uh, and, you know, we would start those, like, every, like, few weeks and just play like whenever our teams would play each other and then just play through the playoffs and we go through like six seven eight seasons and be like okay let's let's draft again and uh man no one could touch me in that game because i was just absolutely incredible my first championship i won with a dirk Nowitzki step back so i'll just, I'll, I'll always remember that so um but anyways back to the bulls <laughs> the uh lonzo balls in 82 which i feel like that's that's good that's pretty good for him man um Obviously, they're, I, I would assume they're, they're taking his defense no count there, his three-point shooting, which last year was really good, as I mentioned. Um, yeah, I feel like that probably comes down a little bit. Uh, but 82, I think that's pretty pretty decent for him, right? Oh, yeah. I, I, 
all the rest of the ratings I was very yeah. happy with. It which was an 83, which is, you know, pretty decent. Uh, Kelby White, 76. Uh, cool. I'm cool with that. Andre Drummond, 79. Yeah, I mean, you know, he, he has his he has his faults on offense, but his defense and his rebounding is just incredible. Uh, which we'll and, and bigs are always a little overrated because they, yeah. they get the bump from the rebounding numbers having to be so high and, and that sort of thing. So, like, yeah, I, I get all uh, I understand Caruso's why Drummond's 77. a 70, 79 and Caruso's a 77 when we all know that Caruso's, Caruso's the better player. Yeah, Caruso's I, but I understand why Drummond is rated higher. It's simply because of how the ratings work. How about our uh, here's here's something interesting. Our, our unsung hero here, Javante Green, 76. I would assume also a 76. So those, both those guys are rated the same. I don't know about that. As is Kobe White. Yeah, and Kobe White's the same, too. They're all 76s. That's true. So I don't know about that, man. I think I owe. I, I think that's more. fair. Going into this season, one of the like, if you if you told me I'm starting with all three of them at the same starting spot, and I want to see who who deserves the bump up and who gets the bump down, you I know, think that would be fair. You know what? You're winning me over because that that's kind of how it is in real life too. It's like these three guys kind of are vying for those rotation minutes right and exactly and it's like because <laughs> they they change the ratings on like i think every other week or so right. so it's really like a I, I they do a really good job with these they put a lot of work into them and i i know everyone loves to critique them but for the it's most really part difficult. i i can't be i can't be mad at any of it really yeah it's really difficult to to, to put these things together okay so last one there that kind of surprises me a little bit um goran dragic to 74 we know he's getting towards the end of his career. This guy was incredible before. I think he was he had to be in the mid eighties, you know, in the earlier versions of two K. Obviously now lost a step or two. Um I, I don't know. We're expecting this guy to contribute on this team. A seventy four is a, a little low in my opinion, but they have his three point shot very low. So hopefully oh, really? that yeah, it's only a seventy one when the positional average is eighty one. Wow. So hopefully he's at least average three-point shooting-wise, and if, if that was the case, I think his rating would be uh, would be higher. He'd be probably in that 76, 77 range. So I'd say overall, this gets a thumbs up from both of us. Um, I think the two questionable things for me would be the Patrick Williams and I'd probably say the Gordon Dragos thing are the two like most like questionable things for me. I think everything else is, is pretty spot on, though. Um, you agree with that? Or have anything else you want to put? I mean, I... I want to say Caruso, but he's already got an A plus in perimeter defense. So, like, what can you his do? His offense is just so so limited, and that's true. I mean, I, I don't have a problem with that. What, what's his? Right, he's a B minus three point shooter because he can make some catch and shoot threes, and his, he's got a B plus playmaking because he is a good playmaker. But his, he just doesn't have the offensive game yeah. to, to be higher. So no, I, I I think that pretty much wraps it up, man. That's it. So good job, 2K team. Uh, okay, last little bit of news here, uh, which is from, I think, several weeks ago at this point. Uh, we just never really covered it, so let's touch on it right here right now. Uh, we had Mr. Andre Drummond uh, in the news a while back talking about his uh, going down as the best rebounder in history. Uh, not just the best rebounder in the Bulls, not just the best rebounder of his you know class, best rebounder in history. Uh Right. <laughs> While I try to well, we, quick, we, we made it a point. We made it a point to not cover it because it was just so dumb. And now that now that it's gotten so so dry for content, Keith yeah. is like, man, I gotta find us something. 
And I just I rolled my eyes when he messaged me. We were going to talk about it. I wasn't even. I, I tried to wrap the show without him even bringing it up because I, wasn't I don't going like to. It's so I wasn't dumb. going to. I wasn't going to. But you know what? I mentioned it earlier. I said, you know what? We're going to talk about that a little bit later. So now we have to. So I kind of handcuffed us there. So I apologize. But uh, he's but yeah. already not putting up the per. You know, he's already not putting up the number the numbers to sustain, given the fact that his role and minutes are going to reduce. It's. It's a preposterous statement from somebody who is trying to cling to some rare statistical relevancy, which he doesn't need to do. He's a great NBA player. You're, yeah. That's enough, man. Yeah, and uh, and like I said, coming around the guy, you know, coming around that signing, I think he does do some things very well, and rebounding is one of them. He's definitely among the best rebounders of, of his era, for sure. I think there's no question about that. Um, but, yeah, all time, I mean, we're talking about – no, all time. There's absolutely no way. Uh, it's a preposterous statement. Um, I don't back that at all. I think uh, you know he's very good. So uh, he he is an amazing rebounder, but he's also like wasn't he pretty much the only rebounder on a lot of those Detroit teams? Like those Detroit teams were bad. I'll tell you that. And, they, and like the, the, well, the only I, thing I don't even mean that they were bad, but I feel like they were built with him surrounded by smaller guys and. He was like the the big, kind of like Dwight Howard in Orlando. Like I love Dwight Howard. I'm not saying he's not an amazing rebounder, but I also feel like he was put in positions where he was required to get the rebounds. A lot like Vooch was last year when Javante Green and Caruso were the power forwards. Here's a and here's something interesting between last 99th percentile in uh, offensive rebounding, field goal offensive rebounding percentage, which uh, that's something the Bulls absolutely need. They need to have more guys like that. We talked about Javante Green uh, being in the higher percentiles for that, but uh, but we we were one of the teams that had to be, I'm not even looking at it right now, but I can tell you right now we were probably in the bottom 10 teams in the league as far as offensive rebounding went. We just didn't have that skill set, so that's going to be big. I think that's a good thing for the Bulls to get. Um, he's continuously in the you know, 99 at 100 percentile here. Uh, for you know, defensive rebounding also. So, you know, he, it's not like – it's not like it's for a preposterous statement because there's so many great rebounders out there that are just already – Like if he would have said, I'm going to be one of the, the ten best rebounders ever, that's yeah. perfectly acceptable. Yeah. But to say you're going to be the best ever when Wilt Chamberlain existed, like what yeah. the, what are you talking about? I we're, almost we're, dropped an F-bomb for Andre Drummond. <laughs> We're in Chicago. We're in Chicago too. So well, you know, we're talking about Chicago Bulls. So why not just bring up you know Dennis Rodman? I mean, is he a better rebounder than Dennis Rodman? That's absolutely not in my opinion. There's no way Dennis Rodman just had such a knack for that. Um, you know, maybe the stats disagree with me there. I don't know. I don't really give a. Sh- uh, you know what? Well, but, right. That's. <laughs> I mean, right. Like even if the stats disagree, like we know Dennis Rodman was a better rebounder, but just like I. To say you're the best ever, like he's already Andre Drummond is a bull, so I didn't feel the need to tie it to the Bulls. I, right. <laughs> you can't say you're the best ever when someone was that good. It would be like you know Durant saying he was the best ever, and you're like, no, we know who the best ever was. He wore 23, played in Chicago. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> he wore. Yeah, he didn't wear. He didn't play in Cleveland. He played in Chicago. Okay. We're going to leave it at that. Anyways, uh, we, we welcome any of our Lakers uh, esports ethos guys on the show to talk a little bit about that. I still want to have that goat, goat debate with those guys. I think that would be absolutely great. Uh, I think there's actually a Cleveland Cavaliers guy now, too. So maybe we can have a three-way debate here. Uh, and we can have a whole bunch of people come at us. We've just got Jordan on our side, so we're going to win. So anyways, uh, that's going to do it for us, guys. I am Keith Gork. You can find me on Twitter at, at BSBP. Keith, and Trey, where can the people find you? On Twitter, at Final Finally.
And please do follow the show, guys, at Ethos Bulls. At Ethos Bulls. Go follow us on Twitter. And we'll talk to you next time.